All right, so uh, we've been talking about God's purpose, that He has purpose in everything that He does. And everything that He's telling us to do or not to do, there is reason for it other than because I said so. That God has these things in place to enrich our lives, to make our lives better, to mold us into who we are to become. And many times our human side gets in the way because we only have the knowledge that we have, what we have now, what we can see in front of us. And we don't take enough time to immerse ourselves into the Word of God to see what He has for us and why He is doing these things. He lays it out for us. He explains us everything that we need. But we've been so influenced by Satan, by the world, by other people, and we don't do enough of our own study. We don't do enough of our own connection with God so we can understand His purpose and what He's doing for us and why He's doing these things. And many times, from a a teaching standpoint, from the church's standpoint, we don't ever explain God's purpose. We kind of leave that out. We go with what the Word says, and it goes to that because I say so mentality. And as we've talked in the past couple of episodes, that oftentimes we are teaching from a, a false sense, either intentionally because we have our own agenda that we want to point, or that we just simply have the wrong kind of knowledge. We're just handing down information that was handing down to us, and all along, it bypassed God's purpose. It's been changed. It's been altered. And that's been the case for generations upon generations. So uh, last week, we uh, used the example of immersion. And we uh, used the, the baptism as an example And we talked about the funny little cartoon about how we hold something up out of the water because we don't want that to be included in it, that we always want to take a part away from us. But the immersion, how we are completely surrounded, how water completely surrounds you and covers every little piece of you, and that's what kind of relationship we need to have with God. And today we're going to talk about about faith. And... uh, We can call it today's message, we can call it total immersion, or we can call it there's no negotiation with God. And we'll get to that in a little bit. When it comes to faith, we also have to have this total immersion. Now let's think about our own personal struggles with faith. And when I say struggles, anything other than total immersion in faith, and we're going to talk a little bit more about what that looks like, is a struggle with faith. Let's look at Hebrews uh, chapter 11. And I call this the faith chapter of Hebrews. I got it written down in my margin, so it must be right. Hebrews chapter 11, 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the endurance of things, evidence of things not seen. 
For by the elders obtain a good report. Through faith we understand the words were framed by the word of God, so that things are seen which are not made of things that do appear. And we'll stop right there a minute, and we're going to look a little further, because it gives us some good examples of what faith is. But it's believing in something that we can't see. God, if we're new and we talk about believing in God, it comes to the point where we don't know how to communicate with him. We've yet to feel him, to sense him, to have him answer our prayers. So it is something that we have to put our faith in. And then from that, we build upon that till we actually get to the point where we can experience God. You know, they tell you as you're they're teaching them to be able to, to get up here and talk like this, that your, your most important thing that you have to talk about is salvation. But before we can talk about salvation, we have to have a little bit of faith. So we believe that God is who he is, that Jesus is who he is. We have to be able to believe that we are actually accomplishing something, that he is there for us, that he loves us, that he forgives us, so we can have that salvation. Faith is the root of everything. It is our key into the kingdom of heaven. It is our key to receiving. It is our key to having that personal relationship with God. Everything in this word revolves around faith. By faith, Abel offered a God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying his gift by being dead is speaketh. So many times we hold back. We live under this earth curse system where we feel like we're never going to have enough. We're always in this gathering mode. We're in this mode where we have to collect up everything that we are short. So we look at all the things that we can shortchange, and God often comes up on that list. You know, because there's not any visible results from shortchanging God. You know, if you miss a, a payment for some other things, there's going to be repercussions about it. You're going to get a, a late charge. You're going to get a ding on your credit. But we simply think that we can just slip away from God and it doesn't really matter. And one reason is because we haven't immersed ourselves into the word and understand what it is fully representing. How many of us have struggled in these situations? When you're taking something 
i.e. a gift, an offering, money, whatever the case may be, and you're taking it where you know that you could use it somewhere else, but you're giving it to God. And you have that struggle because when you're, you're giving it to God, you're throwing it into something that you cannot see. You cannot see what it's going to become, what the results are of what you're doing is. But yet you could take it and do something else with it where you could have some immediate results. How many of us have faced those struggles? And then we talk about negotiations with God. You know, we start, start these off real young. You know, we be in school and we got a, a test coming up that we didn't study for very well. And then we start, you know, we go what we do. We go to the last resort. And, you know, we teach us in, in Sunday school. If we pray, we can have our prayers answered. And we say, God, you know, if you don't help me with this, I got to get through this, this little thing, this obstacle. And then we start to tell them what we're going to do. We got to sweeten the pot. So we tell them what we're going to do. And we never really grow out of this because we do it in adulthood, too. Because what happens is we still have the same needs. They just become more dire. They become more bigger. They become more influential. So we have bigger consequences and we have a greater need. And then we try to do everything in our own power. We try to figure out what we can do. And then we go to our last resort. We turn to God and we say, okay, this is what I need. This is what I got going on. And I need you to rescue me from this situation. And if you do, this is what I'm going to do for you. We start in a negotiation. Well, you're going to see me in church every Sunday. I'm going to say my prayers every day. I'm going to give more. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to be the model citizen I should have already been. But now I have the motivation to do it. And a lot of times... God does come through for us because He is a good and loving Father. And He already knows our needs. And He knows how to take care of them. And He takes care of our situation. And for a while, we will do everything that we say we're going to do. And then life is going good for a while. We don't have the obstacles. And because of that, we tend to fade away and pull away, and then we go right back into our, our old habits. Now, what's the problem with this? There is no faith involved. We are telling God that we are going to trade these acts, our behavior. We're going to get ourselves in line. And for that, you're going to take care of this one situation for us. That's not faith. That is a negotiation. And that doesn't work. There's no immersion there. Now, we, we started off with verse 4. That was, that was pretty simple. That's just giving, giving your best, giving a little more than you have knowing God's going to take it and multiply it and give you back more. 
And then we see in number verse 5, By faith Enoch was translated that he should not see death, and was not found because God had translated him. Before his translation, he had testimony that pleased God. Now that's a pretty big thing. You know, all of us have the, the luxury of having to face a physical death one day. But God, Enoch's faith was so good in God that he was able to bypass this particular event. And six, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe he is, and that he is the rewarder, and that he has diligently seeked him. All right, that goes back to the total immersion. It goes back to the beginning of our journey with God. We have to believe that he is real. He is there. He is listening. He is going to answer us. That he is good and loving. That everything that he does is for us. That he blesses us. That he takes care of us. That he is our source. And anywhere along the way, if we let doubt or fear or simply unbelief creep in, that's not total immersion. We have blown it. A lot of times we give God a way out. As humans, we are very hopeful creatures. We are, we like to, to daydream. That's why we buy lottery tickets. We know the chances are so minutely small of winning all that money. But yet there still is a chance. And it's not really that chance that we get our, our kicks on. It's the what leads up to it. Because we can fantasize about how that money would change our lives. We can fantasize about what we could do with it. And many people go back to that negotiation period with God here. Well, God, if you'd only give me this, I could do so much good with it. And I could help these people when I could do this and I could do that. Well, the problem lies is that God knows exactly what you're going to do with it. God knows your heart. God sees the works of what you're doing with what you already have. And he knows that just like negotiations to get something from him, it sounds good. And we might do good in the beginning, but then we're going to go back to our old ways. And this is another reason why faith is so important. Because God wants us to be faithful. God wants that strong connection with him. God wants us to know that everything's going to be okay and he's going to take care of it no matter what the circumstances in life is. You know, I guess we could say we're, 
I guess fair weather Christians wouldn't be the correct terminology. I guess we're bad weather Christians because we only come flocking to God when things are at their worst. But when things are good and we don't have the pressures of life bombarding us, our connection with God becomes stagnant. We might go through our ritualistic ways of coming to church or to praying, but we don't have that close personal connection because we don't have that that passion for that need that we have. We're not thankful. You know, that's the thing. We always wonder what to talk about God about. It's really easy to talk about our problems and to tell them everything that we are going through. We're good at complaining. We're good at asking for things. But when everything is good, we're real bad at the the thank you part. We're real bad at the, the blessing part. We're real bad at being content. Seven. By faith, Noah, being warned of God, of things, being warned, moved with fear, prepared an ark to saving of his house, by which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness, which is by faith. And this is a good one here. You know, as we strengthen our connection with God, as we pray and we stop and we pause and ask for some answers, you know, sometimes we get it. Sometimes God likes to spontaneously give us information. But how many of us act on that information? Do we brush it off? Do we claim it as something else? And here we had had Noah, and he gets these instructions. And this is some crazy instructions. That we're going to build this boat for this massive flood that there's no chance of rain on the radar. That you're going to build it here in the middle of nowhere where it's not even close to water. And the ridicule that he received as he completed this lengthy, long-term project. See, how important is it to be liked by the world? And if you look at the condition of the world, and we've been talking about that, what people are starting to deem okay, what people are starting to deem normal, what people are supporting now, whether or not it affects them in any way, shape, or form, they have massive amounts of support for it because it seems new and it's trendy and it's what's being talked about now and it's what's popular and it's what the people want. And we want to be inclusive and we want to jump in on that and be part of it no matter what the Word of God says. We have a steady 
decline from religion. Each generation gets worse and worse. And one of the main reasons that's cited with that is some of the most popular beliefs in the world today, the things that are the most trendy, the most popular, the things that deserve the first and foremost, go against the word of God. Totally and completely against the word of God. So if we're going to be on these trendy things, we can't go with the word. We can't go with God. We have to step into that darkness. And it's now the common belief that this is the proper way of thinking. And it takes us away. And there's no, there's no faith in that. That is lost. By faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should and receive the inheritance, obeyed. And he went out not knowing whether he went. Now there's another great example. So many times God leads us to allege and we can't see what's beneath us because it's, it's dark and he's telling us to jump to jump into this idea jump into this new adventure jump on jump and go on to this journey he's there he's telling us his hands on his back he's ready to give us that little shove and all we have to do is take that first step And we should know, we should know that God has our best interest in mind. That God knows exactly what's going to happen. God knows how things are going to play out. And the best thing we can do is listen to what he's telling us and to take that step. But we're worried about how far is the fall? What's lurking in the darkness? There's a little, little picture, a little story, and a man's hanging from a tree root just there, and he's in the dark, and he can't see, and he's in a sense of desperation. So what does he do? He prays to God, get me out of this situation, get out of the situation, and God speaks to him and says, just let go. And of course, he's in fear mode. He's not having faith in God. Here he is. He is praying for answers and God is speaking to him. And he says, no, no, I'm too scared. And he hangs there and he hangs there. And then daylight comes and he looks down and realizes he's mere inches from the ground. We don't trust God. Ten, for he looked for a city which had foundations, whose builder, a maker, is God. And through faith also Sarah herself, oh, I skipped nine. 
By faith he adjourned a land of promise and strange country, dwelling in the tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, their heirs with him, for at the same promise. For he who looked into a city which has foundations, which builders and makers of God, through faith also Sarah herself strengthened to conceive seed that was delivered a child, which was past age, because she judged him faithful who he had promised. Now, Sarah's a good example, too. Not only does she happen to be faithful through God, but she has to be faithful through God through her husband. He was the one that received the message. He was the one that passed it to her. And she, not through firsthand, but through her husband, had to have the faith. She believed so much in God that she knew that everything that he was saying was factual. Even though it goes against nature, it goes against science, it goes of all the things that we deem natural, she had that faith. And we have challenges in faith. She wanted this to happen so much. She had so much faith. In fact, that she tried to take matters into her hands a little bit and to use one of her, her servants as a, as a surrogate. But that wasn't God's plan. You know, that's one of our, our biggest challenges is as we wait upon the Lord. If all of us are honest, the way we'd like to have it is, is that we would pray and then instantly our problem would be taken care of. But you see, we don't have faith in that situation. Do we want to take care of our emotions? We want to take care and push down the fear and all that uncomfortableness that comes with waiting upon the Lord because even though that we send it out there, we know that God hears, we know God's working on it, we still have to deal with our human side and all the things that's going to pop up in our minds and how we're going to feel because feelings and faith are two different things. We can be in faith and still not feel comfortable. Many times in life when we are dealing with God, we are in fact going to be uncomfortable because that's how God makes us comfortable with our faith. And God is always right on time. He is never early and he is never late. He's always shows up right when he's supposed to. And that's hard for us because most of the time our situations are down the road a bit. You know, it's not like we're all of a sudden sliding on ice and then we're crying out for help because God will take care of us in those situations. But it's these ones that we can see coming. We can just see the sickness getting worse. We can see the financial problem down the road. We can see whatever the situation is and it's, we're moving towards it. That's when it gets difficult because God's going to come in right before right before we hit that wall. 
Sometimes faith is like playing chicken. You know what I'm talking about when you have two cars speeding towards one another and the idea is that one of them's got to move out of the way? Well, that's us and our problem. Our problem's coming towards us. We're going towards the problem. We're both heading there at a high rate of speed and we have to maintain the course. We maintain the course. Faith is going to step in. God's going to step in and that's going to turn the problem. But we get fearful and right before, right before the miracle is going to happen, right before God's going to step in, we deviate. And then we just start all over again. Therefore sprang there everyone to him as good as dead. Many of the stars and skies of multitude as the sands which by the sea are immersible. These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen the far off and persuaded them and embraced them and confessed them that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. For they said such a thing as declare plainly that they seek a country. And truly, if they had been mindful of that country from where they came from, they might have had the opportunity to return. But now they desire a better country, which is as heavenly before God is not ashamed to be called their God. For he has prepared them a city. By faith, Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac. And he had received the promise of his up his only begotten son. Of whom it was called that Isaac shall be thy seed called accounting to God was able to raise him up even from the dead. For whence he also received him a figure. By faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Enoch concerning these things to come. So we talk about Abraham and Isaac. You know, when I was early on in my, my walk of faith, this one was one of the troublesome situations for me. Especially, you know, as you become a father and you have such a, a strong love for your children. And I just... You know, as I, I read that time after time and just imagining what it was to have been like walking up that, that trail, up that mountain, and that you're going to, to sacrifice your child. And that was, was such a struggle. And I, just, I thought many times, I was like, I don't know if I could do that. You know, that would be one of them situations. Did I hear you right, God? Is that what you really want? But then when we look at God's purpose and we look at God's character, it all, it all makes sense. Because this was the promise. You know, Abraham, as he's walking up there, he's saying, well, you know, something's going to work out. It's going to work out. God's got this under control. God's going to provide. Because God promised him this child. And he'd already exceeded any kind of things happening in the normal because they were advanced age. This was not something that would have happened naturally. This is only God could do these things. And he has this child now that God promised. So... If God had taken this child, if God had allowed him to go through and sacrifice him, 
the promise would have been broken. God doesn't go back on his word. God's word doesn't change. He had purpose for all of this. And we know that this was a prerequisite for Jesus coming. By faith, Jacob, when he was dying, blessed both the sons of Joseph and worshipped, learning upon the top of his staff. By faith, Joseph, when he died, mentioned the departing of the children of Israel and gave his commandments concerning his bones. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hid three months of his parents because he saw that he was a proper child and they were not afraid of the king's commandments. By faith, Moses, when he come up in years, refused to be called the son of the Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. How many of us are willing to do that? Willing to ignore God to enjoy some temporary pleasure all the time. It's what the world is basing its foundation on now. Do what makes you feel good. And that's all that matters and nothing else does. Esteeming the reproach of Christ's greater riches and the treasures of Egypt, he held respect to the repentance and the reward. By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured seeing whom is invisible. Through faith he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of the blood, lest that they destroy the firstborn that touch him. By faith they passed through the Red Sea as by dry land, which the Egyptians essentially were drowned. By faith the walls of Jericho fell down, and they were compassed about seven days. By faith the harlot Rahab perished not with them that believeth not, when she received the spies with peace. We see there that an ordinary man goes in with God behind him, having faith that God will take care of it. He can take down armies. He can knock down walls. He can part the waters and he will destroy your enemies. And we see with Rahab that she may have not always been an ideal godly person, but yet she had a godly heart. And when that shone through, we see that God lays his protection upon her. And what shall I say more? For the time will fail me to tell of Gideon, the bark, and Samson, and, and Josiah, and David, and also Samuel, and of the prophets, whose faith subdued kingdoms, through righteousness, obtained promise, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, waxed, valent, and fight, turned to the fight of armies and aliens. Women received their dead to rise to life again, and others were tortured and not accepting deliverance. They may have not obtained a better resurrection, and others have trialed of cruelty and mockings, and scourgings, and ye make over the bonds of imprisonment. 
They were stoned, they were sawn under, they were tempted, they were slain with a sword, and they wandered about in the sheepskins and in the goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, and tormented. Of whom the world was not worthy, they wandered in the desert, in the mountains, and in the dens and the caves of the earth. And all of these, having obtained a good report through faith, received not the promise, God having provided something better things for us, they without should not be made perfect. We look through all through the Word of God. This is a synopsis here. And we see that if we have just a little bit of faith, we have that heart for God. That is, God is going to take care of every situation. But the problem is, do we have that little bit of faith. We like to think that we are, are faithful. We like to think that we believe God totally and completely. But there are so many things, so many little things that can push us off course. You know, we want to be comfortable. But, you know, we're not comfortable in our situation. But God can give us peace. We look at the apostles and all the different things that they had to go through in the name of God. And we may not have an a apostle-type journey in our lives, but we have a journey just the same. We are representations of God. And as we go through our situations, as we rely on his peace, as we wait upon him, as we grow and our faith grows, and as we go out and we interact, we are an example for everyone else. We are not only growing ourselves and becoming better stewards of God, but we are also being an example in helping others become better versions of themselves and having that better connection with God. Opening up eyes. You know, many times we look and put value or quality of life on what a person does, you know, as far as a, a profession or what they've accumulated. We think that celebrities are like gods here on earth. We hang upon the words of the so-called experts and leaders. We look at people that's accumulated wealth. And we think that that's where we need to be. There's been so many people that's had power, that's had status, that's had wealth, and are totally unhappy. That's taken their lives. That's would trade it all for just a little bit of peace. Because that's our true goal in life, is to have inner peace. And the only way that we can 
truly receive that is by faith, by knowing that God is going to take care of everything. That's how Paul can be content when he's locked in prison or shipwrecked or been beaten. That's how Peter was able to sleep when he was locked away before the angels came and busted him out. That's how a, a mere man can part the sea, can make the walls of Jericho fall, can defeat a, a giant, how a shepherd can become king. And God shows us the other side too, how we, we come out of faith. We fall away from God that empires can fall. Total immersion. It's scary. It's scary to put all your eggs in one basket, especially now since eggs are so expensive. But when that basket is God, when we're totally immersed in Him, there is nothing to lose. Be that example. Show the world what it's like to have God in your life. 